you know, it's a long race, so anything can happen out there. It's just kind of like, got to keep it rolling when the problems come. Yeah, we'll see. She's a fighter. She was screaming that she was going to beat Carrie Warner while grabbing handfuls of donuts. <laughs> and even swinging out at 3 a.m. to pick somebody up uh, who's decided that, you know, walking through the mud isn't the way to do it. Just before you listen to this, I apologize for the first uh, 15 minutes that has a pretty big background noise. We recorded it in the car and I didn't, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of noise, but it gets better. Sorry about that. That's uh, life on the road, I guess. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fever Dog Podcast. Um, I'm still Magali and you're still David. Right? Uh, yes, yes, we, I mean, I'm Gravel Dave now. Yeah, so we are... Um, yeah, today was race day at Unbound Gravel. Again, we're not racing. I'm not racing. David's not racing. But um, a, lot of, a lot of our friends are racing, uh, both in the professional categories and the everybody category as well. So, um, yeah, we got to experience Unbound for the first time. Dave, let's start with this. What are your thoughts after seeing this? We, we spent, what, like three hours at the first aid station, seeing people coming in and out. like. I mean, yeah, what are your impressions yeah. so far? I mean, I think, as I said again, like just like yesterday, that I think the event is really dialed. I mean, it's uh, the feed zones for 4,000 people are not chaotic at all, pretty smooth, all like in terms of general logistics, it was super easy to get there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really, I, I am impressed by the level of, um, of excellence of the the whole logistics um, that's that's my the first thing I noticed the second thing I noticed is sometimes we like you and I were surrounded by professional cyclists you know most of our friends are professional cyclists or past professional cyclists and and we ride together or with friends that are professional cyclists or we, we we'd go on easy fun rides with other folks and we don't realize the experience we gather sometimes in a certain field and, and seeing these people out there today that they challenge themselves to complete the 200 mile uh, challenge and they start the thing with one bottle on their bike, you know, or it's 100 degrees out and they don't try to cool themselves, they don't stay in the shade at the feed station or some really, really, really basic things that for us are really basic and are literally second nature. Every time we're somewhere, we're like, can we sit or can we stay in the shade? Or can we can we get cool somehow or we know we have to eat even though we don't know but like some of these folks over there they're out there for 18 20 hours for the 300k 330 kilometer or 200 mile and like their feet cell bag has two gels and a plastic water bottle yeah it's pretty insane <laughs> So, so yeah, those are my first thoughts. I mean, people out there. I mean, yet there, they still complete it, yeah, but you, still, but you they, just think like it could be much easier. <laughs> it could yeah, be much more maybe comfortable or, or enjoyable with, with these little tiny tricks that, you know, it'd be really fun to be able to share, I guess. Yeah, what do you think? Um, I think it looks brutal. I think, yeah. I think you hear about it, you, you see the coverage of it and it looks brutal, but when you're actually there and we didn't actually ride it like not a not a single kilometer but just being there and seeing people being outside it 
it is really freaking warm. It's there's like no, there's no shade, zero there's shade, zero shade. It's humid. It's super super hot. Um, you, you can't hide from that. I mean, it looks like it was. I mean, it rained overnight, so I think some of the section like, people were saying I think seven miles in uh, the the gravel route, route road. I mean, on the course became extremely muddy, so no one could ride. So what people were doing is either walk for like three kilometers um, or ride on the, in the grass on the side. But just, I mean, I think it, it got brutal and the, the mud is like a type of mud that really packs and when it dries, it makes kind of cement. So the, the bikes were just covered in that. And I mean, then your wheels don't turn. So a, a big challenge. Um, and then like, then it was dry and people were saying that the conditions were fine after that little section but still like you wasted so many so much time and energy in that section and then you have to go and it just get warmer and warmer and warmer as the day goes on so i think it's more brutal than than we make it sound like the, the professional guys so the leaders um, are already eight hours and 20 minutes in and they still have 40 miles to go so that's going to be a long day i mean and they're the fastest by far so it's going to be a long day for some people so i'm i'm in impressed by all of these people. I think to give people an idea, I we got to the feed zone as the first women were coming in and you know a lot of these women are friends like personal friends they we live the same type of life we know them and so and we saw where the SRAM booth was and so when we got there I was like oh, I'll pop over to SRAM and offer them some donuts and as I was there at SRAM they were taking care of a few different athletes and so a couple of their athletes showed up at the same time so I, I took a brush and a bucket and I just started helping cleaning bikes um, because that's second nature um, and, and I, I kind of wanted uh, Sarah and Ellen to get back on the road uh, as quick as they could and the the mud on Ellen's bike which is the one I, I cleaned was just like it was like concrete on the frame like at that point it had dried and it was there but the bike was probably twice the weight that it should have been and I had to get like the wood handle of the brush and literally smack, like smash the concrete on that was stuck on the bike. So that's the reality that people are facing. You know, a lot of them I saw have uh, paint, like paint, painting uh, sticks. wooden sticks, like the, the thing you use to. To, to stir the to paint, stir the paint. Yeah. and they have that tape to their bike and so they can take it off and just scrape off the the schmooze on their bike and so there's a different strategies going on but yeah it, it seemed very brutal there were there were there were not we were literally not even a third in at that feed zone or about a third in and there was no smiles left <laughs> no i mean <laughs> like some, the smiles were some gone. of the professional i mean sophia went in and she was so calm and collected and she seemed very much in control but also like that's her job and it was cool to see that she was in such control but uh, yeah it's not the case for everyone uh, I, I guess other observation for me is it's very very rare that I'm on this side of the of the tape you know I'm usually part of the race um, so I have some like personal uh, discovery about myself I guess from that experience um, a tiny part of me feels like it I mean, when you're, you kind of feel, I, part of me feels like I'm missing out and that it'd be fun to be part of it. But to be honest, like a bigger part of me thinks that this event is not for me at all. Like all of my weaknesses would be, 
highlighted in that event. It's so damn hot, I don't do well in it. So anyway, like all that, like there's a lot of things, but it's just like, it seems really brutal. And normally I have the biggest FOMO ever, like I want to be a part of it. And now, I don't know. Like it looks brutal enough that I don't know that this is, that I would thrive in this. Um, however, I was surprised to see how much, how much I cared for the people out there. Like, Haley Smith came um, and she was feeling unwell and she said to her mechanic and her husband that she was feeling unwell and I was like, I just felt, I so wanted to help her, I so wanted her to feel better and I, I couldn't do anything really so it was hard to, to see that but also like I, I just really cared and I wanted her to, to get better and to, to get to the finish and be happy for it and then a lot of our friends from Quebec are doing it so we waited for them and they they arrived and even on my whoop like my stress score got super high like I, I was anxious for them to come I wanted to make sure not to miss them and really I was like thinking about all these things like what can I do to help them and and it was a really fun feeling for me to care so much I, I really enjoyed that I never thought I would care so much about someone else's goal and it was really cool to experience that nice do you do you think you would sign up for it next year would you have any interest I don't know <laughs> that is my best answer I don't I don't think so yeah I don't think so uh, I mean you tell me if this event was like in Norway and it would be cold maybe but to me it sounds dangerous for my health to be honest like I don't think and to put people in perspective I've had I've had really big heat stroke in the past and so since then I struggle in the heat um, so to be honest like they're gonna be out there for 12 plus hours and it sounds not healthy to me I don't know yeah yeah for for me it's I mean and and different it's it's different at the front you know the first group of guys or even the first group of pro girls um, it's their job they're out there they're racing but for most of everybody to me it looks more like a misery contest than a cycling event you know everybody shows up at the feed station and collapse on the ground and just it's like you look at it and 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 most times i'm at events and i i mean we do we obviously go to a lot of events and i'm like oh that would be cool maybe i should up for the next one and that, that stuff never happens because i gotta hand out bottles and, and clean bikes but i i had there's a little part of me that goes oh maybe i could or maybe i'll maybe I'll sign up for one or but this one really made me not want to sign up for it at all <laughs> like i literally have zero interest um we drove around uh, obviously the feed zone was an hour away from the start finish by car and so we drove a fair amount in the area and it looks boring as hell it's long stretches of road and I'm not speaking about the course I don't know about the course we have not been on the course but just generally speaking there are these huge squares you know street road one avenue two intersection and then a mile to the next one and and it looks like long stretches of road with nothing to kind of entertain yourself and just super warm and me I think though like what I keep the reason I say I don't know is like all this doesn't sound appealing to me I agree but I can understand the feeling of accomplishment when you finish something like this and I think like that's I mean that's the the, the trick with these events like you finish it you think you'll never do it again and then like you kind of forget and you remember just the feeling of being proud of yourself so much and so you want to come back 
And so I've had this feeling in other events before that really pushed my limits. So I, this is the only thing that makes me say I don't know, you know? Yeah, to, yeah. Be, to be honest, I would rather do an Ironman than do Unbound. I mean, yeah. I, I know how to swim, I know how to run. And I think when you sign up for an Ironman, there's, you know, the course is closed, um, there's feed stations every little, every couple kilometer. Um, like, we've, we're out there and there's people that we don't know that texted us on Instagram that said, hey, I can't do this anymore, can you come and pick me up at that intersection? And we're like, well, I'm, you know, I kind of, I would, but I'm sorry, you're 200 kilometer away and there's, and you're out there. We have to help these people. Yeah, and, and you're out there in the middle of nowhere with no water, very little cell reception. And to me, that's, you know, again, like I, what you've done races in the heat and you've done very well at certain races after your heat stroke, but races at like mountain bike races where we, you go through the feed zone every six minutes or every oh, three yeah, minutes for cyclocross. And then there's cooling strategies and you can get water and all that stuff. But like, so I would rather do an Ironman just because of the, the support that it provides to the person accomplishing the thing. It, to mm -hmm. me, going out there and, and like rationing my water and, and you know, pump, like dump it on the side of the street and like puking it by grabbing water by a cow hole. Like there's, there's I mean, to each his own. To me personally, there's very little interest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with all that. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, my, my response is to, I don't know. I think I would have more fun doing the 100 mile. For me, that's more like of a racing, more my wheelhouse, I guess. And it would allow me to experience the Flint Hills, as they call them, like the, 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 the roads, but not maybe... I mean, Tiffany Cromwell was saying that yesterday. She's like, well, the 100 is way enough for me. Like, I can have a big, hard day on the bike, do some big efforts. I experience all of it, and I'm good with that. She said, I don't need the extra 100. Yeah. She said, like, I've experienced. And I, I kind of I lean towards that. That's more, like, my the way I like to do things. So, I don't know. Uh, it will be interesting to hear all what all the racers have to say. Like, one of our friend uh, Alain Bovet he came I mean he has a full-time job like he he's not a professional but it was cool to see he's one of the few amateur racers that we saw being like on a mission like he had a pretty short stop at the aid station he didn't yeah, feel he, like he was collapsing like stuff he was, was dialed he was he dialed was, and he was he knew where he was yeah. going and his thoughts were clear yeah. his, his bag was organized but you know <laughs> like that was probably one like the first 75 people out of 4,000 so <laughs> I mean yeah uh, interesting to see very cool again like I I guess to summarize all of it, um, I'm glad we we saw it all. I don't. It was definitely I'm, a good good call not to participate. Oh my you know, god! With your back injury, <laughs> yeah. the, the heat situation, um, I, I, all, all of the changes lately, and all of that, it's definitely a, a race that if you want to show up and have a shot at doing any good, need to and, prepare and, and, and really enjoy well. one percent of it. You have to be fully dialed for it. You and know. fully dialed in terms of. Nutrition, health, nutrition, health equipment, um, equipment. you have to know all your equipment. People were coming in and suddenly their front wheel is loose and then there's a boat that's coming out that's coming loose and you have to know. They can't I think, clip into their pedals anymore. Exactly. Like, I mean, Sophia came, she changed her shoes, like she has a system. She knew like what was going to maybe become a problem and she was prepared for it. And I think if you want to do well, you have to have done these really long training rides before to know 
how your body's going to react with the food, with the heat, with the with the miles. Um, so I think if you want to do well, you really have to dedicate yourself to this event, and this is not something that I want to do at all. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, like one of the highlights for me is very much to be on the other side, get to help people, and under it gives me a bigger understanding of what you know David is doing for me all the time. A bigger, I think, even bigger appreciation, but mostly bigger understanding. Like sometimes I, sometimes I never think that other people care, other than me, you know. But I think when you have friends out there and people that you care about, like you really, you really want them to do well for them like not result wise but just like you want them to feel healthy happy and and comfortable enough to accomplish their goals so yeah that was interesting for me to to do yeah i think that's uh, right now we are unbound yeah <laughs> on our way to the we're airport to the airport we have a very very early flight or late night or early depending on how you see things um And so we're headed back home. We have a, uh, un a unbound backpack full of experience. Uh, we've seen it all. We've seen the hype. Uh, we felt it. We saw what the course, logistics, all of that is. Um, yeah, I mean, we will have a better, literally a better appreciation for when people say they're preparing for unbound or they've yep. done unbound. We'll, we'll know exactly what it is. It's not just any 300 mile ride. It's, it's it looks brutal. Yeah, it, it looks it looks it looks harsh. Just standing out there in the sun is harsh. And so yeah, <laughs> and you I mean you'll hear like we have um, a few snippets of the support crew supporting their athletes, but also some of the volunteers that are, are that are out there all day for to help people. So that's also a, a pretty cool thing to see. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this, congrats to everyone who has finished the race. Or it, not finished. Or not finished, like, like honestly, true. Like, just signing up and trying to prepare for it, you know, figuring out props. all your stuff, like, It's good good, good on you, you respect. know, sometimes the, the destination isn't always the, you know, the highlight of... Um, I mean, I'm thinking of, say, our friend Andrew Lespie, uh, who's a professional writer. You'll hear his story in the snippets. He did a couple minutes of the race, you know, 15, 20 minutes, didn't even go by the first checkpoint, prepared this race since last year. He and did all the training miles. Like, yeah, he yeah, dedicated he all himself, all his and life, then it's everything. over in and, an hour. And, and broke his bike instantly, you know, when the race starts. What do you do? Like, is it is it is it a big, big, big failure? The not race not. itself is a big failure, but everything you did to get there is not. And I think that overweighs uh, the result he might or might not have had anyway during the race. So I think even for people that are not finishing, people that bailed out of the XL or the 200 or whatever, you know, thumbs up. I uh, unfortunately we couldn't pick you all up, but. I hope you get a nice ride and a cold McFlurry on your way home. Yes, and meanwhile, I mean, just a little update on the the, the people that did the Unbound XL. So that again, that's the 350 miles. Some of the people that we've had on the podcast, so our friend Mark Rose is currently at 260 miles and 20 uh, 23 hours in. Our friend Anna Maria Rook, who is the editor at Cycling Weekly, she is a little bit further so she's at 300 miles she has 50 miles to go so keep it up people it's uh crazy but um yeah cool to see all of these people both in the 200 the 100 and the 350 miles uh push their limits so congrats everyone we are aid station one um the two three first girls just got 
by, and Carolyn Schiff from Canyon is one of them. I'm with Steph Wyman. Steph, I saw you pressure washing stuff. Does that bring you back memories? What's the strategy here? Yeah, we... Um If they were going to stop in the front group, it's a good opportunity to clear stuff up. They had some real sticky mud at the beginning, so it's super dry now. You can hear the drivetrains are crazy as people are going through. But if they're stopping to refuel, we're giving them a really quick quick wash down and uh, some ice in the back. The temperature is spiking up now. Yeah. And uh, it was a good good ride by Caro to here. Totally. Did she have any word? Did you say anything how she's feeling? She's feeling uh, a bit of back pain, but um, I think everyone will be. Yeah. So uh, it looked like Roof Window's going to get back onto them after the feed. She did a complete ride through where the other two both stopped for bike washes. So okay, wow. maybe the long game's better to yeah. have your bike wash. So we'll see. Huh. Interesting. Thanks for sharing. We're at the feed station one, and Haley Smith just came by. I'm with uh, his her husband, Andrew. Ha- um, I mean, it was, like, stressful for me to see her go, and she said she was unwell. Like, how do you feel? Yeah, um, I've never been on this side of things, like, in a feed zone. Um, so, yeah, kind of stressful with Haley. We're just, uh, like, 120K into a 330K race. So, yeah, hopefully she can just start to get some food down. I mean, you need need to eat to get through this so uh yeah we'll see she's a fighter so she she, she there was no like you're there's no like i'm going to stop or not keep moving forward like none of that which is pretty incredible yeah um so yeah we'll see how she does and yeah sending good energy her way yeah and what about you i heard you your derailleur ripped off and you were not able to i mean everything collapse basically what happened and how were the conditions out there was it really chaotic yeah so early on there's a a very like predictably muddy section that we know is going to be pretty rough um i was riding it well within a group at the front um and then i think i guess mud started to build up on my back derailleur uh like tires were packing at this point but it was all manageable um and then Yeah, uh, my derailleur kind of wrapped up around the back and got ripped off. I was able to ride it for a little bit longer, somehow just bending it back in one gear. And then um, eventually that snapped off and it went into the spokes and spokes broke, got a flat tire. (laughs) For (laughs) For some reason, I kept trying to fix it. So I, yeah, I fixed the flat. I took the insert out, put a tube in made the bike single speed and then um yeah that uh that didn't work uh it worked for a little bit but then it didn't and then the wheel got so out of true from the broken spokes that it was hitting the frame um so that's it and then i got a ride with a really lovely woman named becky that's a local here she's a rancher and works at a foundation in town i learned a lot about emporia the area Got a ton of stories. So, yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, it's barely 10 o'clock and I've already had a pretty eventful day. And, yeah, just going to hang out here and support Haley for the rest of it. All right. Thanks for sharing. I mean, thanks for sharing all that because I was curious what happens out there, too. Like when you have probably no phone service, no cell service, and then you just can't move and you have no phone. So, yeah, thanks for sharing. It's nice to see that the the Kansas people are here to help. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Max. Dave Faringer, Rebecca Faringer just came by screaming. What was she screaming? She was screaming that she was going to beat Carrie Warner while grabbing handfuls of donuts. <laughs> Go, back up. 
Okay, I'm with the Stram crew. Uh, Dylan, who is uh, Sarah Storm's fiance. How is yep. she doing? Did she have a word for you? How is she feeling? Yeah, she is doing pretty good. She's like sixth or seventh in a big group of people. And uh, she had a flat, so she got a, that plugged and all sorted out. So hopefully she can uh, work with some people and get back in, you know, the next group up. Yeah, it so. looked like uh, Ellen was not that far from her, so yeah, she might they she might was, work together. They were together when they came in. There was a huge group of people. So, um, yeah, it should be, you know, it's a long race, so anything can happen out there. It's just kind of like got to keep it rolling when the problems come. So yeah. Cool. We'll be following her. Go, Sarah! Cool. And now uh, you guys are packing up. You're trying to race to get to Paul Voss at the second aid station. He's winning, right? Yeah, he's been doing really, really good. He came in really strong, uh, didn't need much, just a quick clean, and he had it right back out. So just trying to make sure we get there to cover him and then also uh, cover everybody else we're here supporting. Okay, let's go. We're cheering for you guys. Okay, so Anna, I mean, you're you're the SRAM responsible person here. What is SRAM's role? Like, what are you guys focusing on today? Yeah, I think it's just doing what we can to help our athletes succeed. Um, so that's everything from doing bike checks before the race to uh, working feed zones and doing mechanical stops for the athletes um, and even swinging out at 3 a.m. to pick somebody up uh, who's decided that, you know, walking through the mud isn't the way to do it. Oh, that's, that was that Nico? That was Ted. That was Ted. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ted. unfortunately, yeah. yeah. It's okay. it's really rough out there for those, those doing the XL, and um, it'll be really interesting to see how that all unfolds because yeah. it's totally a mental game now yeah totally i mean you're you guys are incredible i also saw some cool strategy you're wearing a really bright vest orange vest is that part of the strategy and do you have any other like strategies that you guys have been working on to make this efficient as possible yeah the big thing is uh being visible and um, that's always a stressful thing for the athletes coming in you plan out where you want to be but at the end of the day it's there's a lot of stress there's a lot of exhaustion so being obnoxiously brightly colored uh is definitely super helpful Um, and other than that, it's just, you know, being prepared for as much as you can be prepared for. Um, it's, you know, it's crazy out there. There's so many things that can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just your job to kind of help them keep going one way or another yeah. um, and support them in whatever they need. Yeah. I mean, you're doing great. And uh, I mean, do we have, is that your person? Um... Come on, Caro! Allez, Caro! Oh. <laughs> you... You got this, my friend! La fr les baguettes françaises, allez! <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year you became famous in the Tour de France for switching a wheel in the Tour de France from, like, super quick wheel chain. How does this support compare to what you did in the Tour de France? Is it, like, similar type of chaos, or, like, how does it compare? Yeah, it's similar. Uh, the Tour de France is just so much more support, um, and that's a big difference between the two disciplines. So there is a very focused task that you're there for, where it's like, here you just have to be set up for kind of anything and everything. Um, so it is a little bit more hectic in just, like, okay, what's happening? What do you need? Um, but it is very similar, and you're just kind of sitting and waiting and then just trying to make sure you're there uh, to get everybody rolling again. Yeah. Um, and that's really, at the end of the day, what it is, just supporting the roller, the riders to make sure they can do the best that they can do um, and just keep riding out there. I love it. Thank you. Meanwhile, other highlights. So Sophia seemed like she was very much very calm and under control. She was in the front with Carolyn Schiff and Ruth Winder. Um, other than that, other highlights, Sarah Sturm, the nicest person ever, came by, 
And all she did was ask about how Haley Smith was doing because apparently Haley had been uh, puking on the side of the road. So her concern was on her competitor, wanted to make sure she's fine, while herself, Sarah, still has to race. Still 200 kilometers at this point, so kind of cool to see. waiting at the crew for higher spot in the feed zone and it's a really nice choreo choreography to watch so there's someone screaming the numbers of the riders that are coming in it's really clear that it's the crew for higher section so they scream the number then there's a really nice setup of all the bags of the riders with the numbers and they're it's a very good system where there's a lo logic way logic way of how the bags are place so another crew is picking up the bag they're running and then they go to help the rider they fill up their bottles put lube give them food and then the riders are off so it's a really efficient system and it's cool that people that didn't bring their crew can still benefit from that so all volunteers from emporia awesome people okay so with the with, where with the crew for hire volunteers are you all from uh, kansas from around here Yes, we're all from Emporia, okay. Kansas. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to be able to help people in their in their achieving their goals? Um, I think it's awesome. This is actually my first year, and it's really intense. I didn't think it was this intense. Yeah, it's super intense. Okay, yes. I'll let you go do your work. But thank you for thank you for answering. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for doing what you do. Forever, except when you need to break. Yeah, exactly. Comme la première section est arrivée rapidement là. Nice. Okay, let's do this. Ellie. Anything else we can do? We're good. We're good. If anybody has some uh, oil. Yes. Yes. There is right there. There is a bottle. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. We got another one. Got somebody loses right. Egg McMuffins here. If someone needs it. So that's it for today's snippets. They were. Not as many as the other days, but I think it gives you an idea of how intense this race is because this was 79 miles in, so about a third of the way in for the riders and already all these stories that happen. So meanwhile, um, I mean, now it's 5.38 p.m. and the men, professional men's are done. Keegan Swenson won, but the women are still riding and everyone else too. So the women are, I think... 11 plus hours 11 hours and almost 12 hours in right now and they're still out there so so many more stories happen um it looks like carolyn schiff from canyon is gonna win it's gonna be a battle between sophia danny and sarah Sturm for the rest of the podium so interesting stuff going on good job everyone and thank you all for listening i have a feeling we're not in kansas anymore